We're fully rested and we're back with our hiking boots on. In today's stroll, we're going to be talking about safe standing in football stadia, uh, the controversy around the Indian character Apu in The Simpsons, and finally, I'm going to be waxing enthusiastic about Terrace House, the reality show on Netflix. In April 2017, UK Prime Minister Theresa May decided to call a snap general election after holidaying in the Welsh mountains. She said that walking there allows you to clear your mind and think. So join us to reflect on recent events as we too take, take a, a stroll, stroll in Snowdonia. Chris. Hi Scott. It's God, been... I haven't seen your cute little face for quite some time. Is that what that's what Lucy said, right? Cute little no, happy small happy small, cute tiny little, small happy tiny... little face. <laughs> so was some... just, I'm vaguely insulted. Insult oh, I thought you were gonna say pleased because no, my those, are, all, those are good that... adjectives. I when I hear those adjectives I think that's like a little baby faced man. I don't want to be but no man wants to be but I've got a beard. It's true, yeah, I've got do, babies don't have beards. And and as much as I admire the sentiment, your face is not little. Your head is not you little. You've suddenly got a big it's, head it's, now. it's reasonably sized. I mean, it's big-ish. That's all I want. But it's I not overly like, big. My, my aim in life is to be the most average of all the things I, I am. Just in proportion. Yeah. Hmm. Like, and I don't just mean like body size. I want to be average height. Uh, that is average, body size. Yeah, oh no, well, I'm going. Okay. Just let me elaborate. Sorry, I want to yeah, be yeah. average height, average build, um, but but outside of my body, I'd like to be sort of average personality-wise, an average earner, right? Yeah, um, drive an average car, live in an average house, live in an average town. Aspirational. I the I, English. Dream. I think mediocrity is something to be to aspire towards. To aspire towards, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with mediocrity? <clears throat> I don't aspire in my interests to be mediocre. I say, I mean, I guess average, really. But in terms of well-being, average is fine. Average is good. Yeah, yeah. I, I so. don't want to accumulate too much wealth. When people say, then I feel bad that I have too much. Yeah, yeah. When people say to you like, um, "How how are you? How are you? How are you feeling?" And I'll go, oh, I don't know, six out of ten. That's good. Six out of ten is good. Probably definitively 60%. On, on a lot of that's, um, people's scales. Yeah, yeah 60%. That's 60% like a 2-1. Is, is a 2-1, right? Yeah. Um, let us know how happy you are. Uh, we've got Twitter and, and Instagram now. Yeah, we've got an Instagram. We've got I'm an not Insta. sure how you could convey happiness in percentage terms through an image. but You could write it down on a whiteboard. Yeah, hold that up. And take a take selfie. Take a selfie. You folks love taking selfies. Freaking horrible bastards. Yeah. Um, uh, New Instagram account is Snowdonia underscore pod. That's Snowdonia underscore pod. Pod. It's the same as the Twitter. Same guys. as the Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So did no that excuse. deliberately, you know? Yeah. yeah. On brand, on, on message. On br- <laughs> Scott, Hello. little little uh, birdie on a on a tree, and by that I mean Twitter, told me that you won an award. You're an award winner. I am an award. How's winner, it feel? Chris. And what the hell is this award? Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked because we're talking about my favourite subject, me. Um, <laughs> uh, I recently uh, won an award. 
in a way, I won two awards. In a um, way. In a way. Uh, for a sh- two-minute short film. Well, it was actually one minute 58. Okay, that is a short film then. Yeah, that's a short <clears> film. <throat> um, uh, yes, I was in a, a one minute 58. Did you, pl- you played some like average character, right? Just a sort of taxi driver number one kind of sort of character, right? Uh, no, Chris, I played Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Christ himself. Indeed. <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil the, the story for anyone, but um, I was in... Uh, so a, a friend I went to university with, He's he actually studied film okay. at uni. Um, we used to make... I used to help him make his university project. Uh, he approached me earlier this year and said, I've entered a film competition. I've put your name down to do it. Brilliant. These are the dates. He didn't uh, really. I love the he presumption. Didn't even ask there. Me. I love the presumption. Uh, he, he knew I would do it. He knew I'd do it. So um, the two of us wrote a two-minute film at a pub uh, back in sort of February time. I'm quite excited about doing it. And then the night before the competition, the organisers of the event actually gave us loads of uh, rules which we had to adhere to. So we had a line of dialogue we had to have in it. Um, we had to. Uh, have a certain title we had to we, all the films had to use the same title hmm. um so we had to drop our original idea come up with one on the fly we actually started shooting it probably about 20 minutes later just to get the footage underway because wow. we only had 24 hours to film it no, oh, sorry okay. 48 hours to film it so it's like a sort of time yeah time so we so we we got the test. obstructions at 5 p.m on a friday okay and it had to be uploaded to the the um interweb internet by 5pm on the Sunday right that's quite an interesting idea yeah so um, there were 32 teams who took part we, it was actually really just the two of us I mean, we had a couple of other people who helped out we had one particular we had a guy an old vicar yeah uh, well not actually a vicar he was he was acting as, Bloody as a hell. vicar for us that yeah. was convincing yeah um, so then we had the award ceremony the following week and we won best story um, which we were Delighted to get. Yeah, um, that's the, the best one. Teams. It's yeah. the best one. I don't even know what the other categories are, but best story's got to be the best one. Well, we one. had um, there was obviously best picture, professional, best picture, amateur, uh, best actor, best actress, uh, best use of special effects, that sort of thing. Um, but we, yeah, so we won best story. We got best actor. So our, our elderly gentleman who played the vicar uh, got best actor. I did say he was convincing. Yeah, he was good. Um, we were absolutely chuffed. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll look to maybe do some other competitions. We soon. should uh, we should link the video in the show notes because I've watched it and knowing absolutely nothing about the context or or, or why you're doing this or anything, I found it amusing. That's it was a relief. Is is odd because obviously I didn't know about the rules and stuff. So it's mm. like, what is this weird zombie Jesus? But it was funny. I, I chuckled. Well, that's heartening. Thank you. So yeah, what have you been up the to word. then, my friend? The most uh impressive thing I've done is not as impressive as winning awards, but I have published a lengthy analysis of one of my favourite uh video game soundtracks, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Okay. Took me about two or three months after um someone put the the idea in my head. I write for a music review website. We should probably put a link for that. There's a link for that as There's well. A link for that as well. Yeah. So this uh, this analysis was just this this music. This the game is amazing. The music is fantastic, but it's also very different. A lot of people were a bit unhappy with that. Okay. Um. So my article was just uh, explaining why I think is actually the best soundtrack they've ever done. Mm-hmm. 
Scott, what the hell has been going on recently that has interested you? Um, safe standing. Safe standing. Up Sounds boring. It's, it does sound pretty <laughs> dull, doesn't it? When was the last time you stood up safely? <laughs> I assume this is safe standing in a particular context. This is Chris. This is safe standing up the football. Uh, up the football. Up the football. Hey. Yeah. Up the Chelsea. No. Oh. Yeah, it's safe standing up the football. At the football. At the football grounds. Yeah. Of specifically the uh, the top two divisions, so the Premier League and then mm. Championship, um, which you probably already know is uh, standing isn't permitted in the top two divisions of English football. Ever since. Ever since a little thing called Hillsborough. Yeah. You may have heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Place. Yeah. Following that, it was the Taylor Report, which I believe was published in 1990, 1991, something like that, and <clears throat> specified that all clubs in the top two divisions would have to have all-seater stadiums within, I think it was a two-year period. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, all grounds were converted, a number of older grounds were demolished as wow. well and replaced. Um, so it was outlawed, and then all the grounds got converted to all-seaters. Yeah. What's changed? What's changed, what, Recently? Recently. What's this news about? Well, obviously I go to quite a lot of football matches. He's a Reading FC season ticket holder. That's true. Viewers, listeners. Listeners, yeah. Um, gener- it's generally away support, uh, but to an extent home support will generally stand for the entire match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's Whether it's right or wrong or not, it happens. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a, an away support of... Two and a half, three thousand people. You know, a few stewards aren't going to be able to get everyone to sit down. It's it's not going to happen. The problem comes in that standing in a seat, fully seated ground, is that you don't have any protection in front of you. Yeah. So if if one person trips, falls behind you, there can be a bit of a concertina effect. And if one person stands in front of you, the person behind you's got to stand, right? Yeah, which is also true. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you're you're getting this. Um, these sort of arguments around the country now because more and more people are becoming frustrated by having been told to be sit down, to right. sit down during the match, yeah. which is, I think most people would agree, has been to the detriment of atmosphere in football grounds in the UK. Well, in England anyway. Yeah, I think with the advent of perhaps with social media and that sort of thing, people are seeing what's going on in, in foreign countries uh, more so and, and, and want a bit of the same. Um, right. Football... In in the UK, has become a little clinical, sterile, sterile, yeah. Um, and people just not not really want to get back to sort of the violence and everything that happened in the eighties, which is obviously a really dark period of football in in this country. But perhaps want to have a bit more fun, yeah. Um, and being told to sit down rigorously all the time is is not the best way for doing that, especially if you want to try and create an atmosphere. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, yeah. the season t- uh, prices for tickets, away tickets especially. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you should be able to do what you want to do, really, yeah. in order to create an atmosphere. The other benefit of having a safe standing area is that you can actually, you can, in some ways, you can increase your capacity at your ground. Right. So, from a sort of financial point of view, you can get more people in, mm-hmm. but you can do it safely. So, what you have is um, they're called rail seats. So these uh, these uh, metal bars again, like you used to have, but they're on every row. Yeah. And you'll have a ticket that says you have to stand in this particular place. Right. And you will have to stand in there. But you can't trip over and fall in front of you because the barriers... They're like chest really, height, so, right? Yeah, chest height, yeah, exactly. In some competitions, I think it's the Champions League, 
um, UEFA Cup or whatever it's called, the Europa League, you have to be seated. So these um, safe standing areas do actually have a fold-down seat. Okay. But for a league match, you have to decide whether they're up or down. You can't ah. go in and then say, I'm going to sit down. You're either stood or you're sat. Wow. The, the idea How is the obviously... How police that, though? They won't unlock. They're, oh. they're, they're, they're unlocked That's by clever. the club, yeah. So really, I, I just can't see any drawback of doing this anymore. No, it sounds and great. the more and more people who stand up during football matches in seated areas, the more and more chance there is that someone's going to get seriously hurt mm. or even worse, lose their life through this, what is quite outdated legislation now. The, the fact that we've got this technology and it's being um, employed in, in Germany, it's even in use in Scotland. So Celtic Park has now got a standing area. Scots are always pretty ahead of the game, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. So it, it does seem daft that we can't have the same thing in England and Wales. So West Brom um, applied to have some rail seating, which is, is I think it's what its technical name is, um, installed at the Hawthorns. And the um, so the sports minister, Tracy Crouch, uh, rejected... Any relation um, to Peter? No, I shouldn't imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Tracy Crouch uh, rejected it flat out and said, no, I've got more important things on my desk than safe standing at football grounds. She's the sports minister... And she has more important things than than this. What is essentially the, the national, the national sport. game. Yeah, and the most <laughs> largely attended. I mean, surely your remit as the sports minister is... Um, requires you to pay requires attention. Requires you to pay attention to that, <laughs> that sort of thing, especially if it involves safety. What else does she do? Does, isn't, there, isn't she like sports and something? Sports yes. and culture, right? Yeah, would you like to guess what sports has been? Sports and culture? No. No? No. Oh, I swear it used to be. What is it then? It's sports and civil society. Wow. Which is... They, those two go hand in hand, hand don't they? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it reminds, when I was at university, uh, I so I studied business at university, and my department and my faculty was blended with um, another couple to make the terribly named Faculty of Business, Law and Sport. And it sounds, <laughs> sounds just as bad as that. Um, so yeah, she, she rejected it. Um, and said, as as I say, there was she's got more important things going on, yeah. and that riled a lot of people up. Um, so a petition was started. Um, a number of uh, top two division clubs came out in support. It surpassed the hundred thousand signatures now. Um, Is that the, the, the needed? For yeah, for it to be de- yeah. for it to be debated in Parliament. So it does need to be. Um, Sports and civil uh, society minister, you got to up your game. Well, indeed. I mean, there's obviously an appetite for this. Whether people have signed the petition or not, people who like to sit at the ground don't want people standing in front of them. And mm. people who like to stand don't want to be told to sit down all the time. Mm. So this just seems, maybe I, I don't know as well as you, but this just seems like a, another example of a minister who holds a position that but she, she's not perhaps necessarily qualified for because she doesn't seem to be she doesn't seem to have her finger on the pulse. No, no, perhaps not. And I her think... arguments were sort of slightly spurious, weren't they, against it? I think one of them was like, no, there are no major clubs in support of this, and then suddenly yeah, it's completely loads not the of case. clubs have yeah. come out publicly saying actually we do support this. <laughs> loads of loads of football clubs have come out in support. Um, the reason this has come into the news recently is because of West Brom's failed application. Sure. But it's not just West Brom. There's an appetite for this across the, the top two divisions and even lower. So um, Shrewsbury Town um, of League One, the confusingly 
which is confusingly the third division, um, are installing rail seats because they're not in the top two divisions. They're allowed Ah, to do it. ah. Um, and so that's the, the answer. Get relegated, <laughs> and then you can do it on the sly. Oh, precisely. But if you get promoted at the moment, you have to remove them within two years oh, and put normal seating back in. Bureaucracy, eh? Indeed. Um, so I, I can't see an argument against it. I mean, I, what do you reckon? I agree completely. Great. Chris, what have you got for me? I thought it might be worth uh, talking about the Simpsons-Apu controversy, um, which oh. is obviously a fairly recent thing, yep. but you know, it's uh, we can certainly uh, zoom out and think about this on a broader, more sort of cultural level. Okay, so what's, what's, the, what's the story? Um, a, a comedian called Harry Gondabolu. Yep. I think that's the correct pronunciation. Gondabolu. Gondabolu. Um, who uh, released a film slash documentary called The Problem with Apu, in which he heavily criticised the Simpsons' portrayal of Apu Nahasapima Petalon. Correct. Right? Um, Saying it was a a racial stereotype, well, a a number of racial stereotypes uh, in the character, and it was voiced by a white American actor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so very culturally insensitive and there were some real genuine problems with this sort of uh, representation of uh, an Indian man right? in that the people that he was interviewing were saying they would get uh, bullied about it at school children would come up to them and just sort of do the kind of Indian voice at them and sort of quote Apu at, at people and, and people were, you know, getting getting genuinely essentially bullied by this. You know, they were having racial slurs thrown at them. Uh, so there's a real problem here. And it's a problem that is, you would you would have to say, systemic throughout a lot of uh, the film and TV industry because, you know, it's been famous for poor representation of um, different ethnicities and also things like whitewashing, you know, having white people play ethnic minorities and so there was a there was a big groundswell of support in favor of this uh documentary that came out so what's um what's harry condabaloo's background then i believe he's an american uh comedian um of indian descent his i think he's his parents uh emigrated to america um so he's uh, second generation and um Funnily enough, going on his going on his wiki page, it becomes apparent that both his parents trained in medicine and became heads of New York medical labs. Wow. Of course, one of the stereotypes of Indian people is that they're doctors. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. indeed. And I, I suppose so, so. He's the sort of age where he's he's grown up as we have with The Simpsons as well. So it's yeah, been he's, he's thirty five apparently. So yeah, Bang yeah. So on. so yeah. yeah. So I suppose his point is that like he and another. Uh, Americans of Indian descent have been subjected to some of the uh, catchphrases and um, other, other things which are used by the by Pooh's character in, almost, in the program. I, I want to quote them. It. I want to quote them, but I feel like that yeah, would be very like we can't do it now. <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> I think that's the crux of the issue, though. It is, isn't it? That is that's what it. Comes it makes down you just to. really question everything. Oh, this is this is obviously. There's been a backlash to the backlash by people saying mm-hmm. SJWBS, you know, 
why what we can't even have fun anymore you know the simpsons is culturally insensitive to everyone it's not just india it's not yeah, even just you know asia or anything yeah, yeah. it's also to like new yorkers and you know religious people and there's not it doesn't um, stay away from anyone yeah is i mean what they say. I, I, I was around a, a friend's house actually earlier today um and they were discussing this as well um and said that you know what there's not many groups of people that haven't been stereotyped by the simpsons be it a, a long-term character or one of the special episodes where they go to japan yeah or they come to uh britain that japanese one is terrible isn't it jesus <laughs> yeah, it, it is <laughs> on that game show and stuff it is like, oh my but God. the for me the key thing is is that it's supposed to be funny mm. and it undoubtedly is in in most respects i think that the the thing that's made this story become particularly prominent was the Simpsons recent uh, sort of response yeah. as it were to, yeah. to um, Harry uh, Kondabalu's criticism. Yeah. I, I thought it was just a little clip that they released, like a four minute clip or something. Uh, Cause that's how I saw it on, on Twitter, but apparently it was actually in an episode. It was yeah. just a scene in an episode mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Marge uh, wants to buy an old book, um, which she loved in her childhood. Um, and she wants Lisa to read it and sort of like it as much as he did. But it turns out that the character in that book is um, very much a product of her time, shall we say? And not really, I can't really remember the details, but um, as Marge was reading the book to Lisa, she then went all meta and, and sort of said, oh, so what's the problem with um, characters that are no longer sort of relevant to the time? And then yeah. Lisa turns to the camera and says basically just does a massive shoulder shrug you know she has this little spiel about whatever just get over it and and that riled quite a lot of yeah people. that's that's sort of what has made this uh become a, a new story really um is is that response but then then the third part of this dramatic play act three was the apu actor himself um hank azaria is yeah hank azaria yeah, yeah azaria okay um uh, he, he was interviewed on a late night talk show or something, and he came out with saying, actually, I kind of in favour of this uh, criticism. Yeah, I'd be and, happy to sort of step away from the character. Yeah, I'd be happy to step aside if that's what people wanted. And most importantly, the problem is not re- necessarily the actors acting these things, but it's actually the writers. You know, there's a lack of representation in the writers' room. Yeah, I so mean, it's sort of taking it back a, a level. Yeah. I mean, when, when Apu's character was introduced to The Simpsons, um, I'm not sure he was in the first series, but in in the second series, actually, um, the first representation of a southeastern southeastern Asian um, character on television in America. The first one. The first one. The first in, and only one at that time. Yeah, that was like late eighties, early nineties, something like that, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I reckon that's the story here. Is yeah. is that far be it from being um, something that was controversial? It was actually pretty groundbreaking at the time. Yeah, yeah, you it could re- flip it. it. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> All right, it, 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 at the time with, with the passing of time, opinions change. I mean, I mean, we we talked about Friends recently, yeah. didn't we? How how True. a number of uh, younger people find some of the portrayals, particularly of um, Ross's ex wife, uh, who who is a lesbian, yeah, as just, being just a bit quite clumsy. dated yeah. and clumsy. Yeah. But they're from that that era. I think the only thing is that The Simpsons is still made. Yeah, that's the difference. That's isn't the it? Friends difficulty. Is over, yeah, um, and we're watching. Re- we're rewatching it now. It's mm-hmm. finished. Simpsons is still going on. Anyone who's watched it recently knows it's really time to sort of give it a rest or change the formula in some way because it's 
I, I don't watch it anymore because it's not good. No. Uh, and that's, I assume yeah. Apu is still going and still the same sort of character. Yeah, and I I, I would propose, but uh, that in some respects, I think people have been a little too sensitive to this uh, and should look at the um, the Simpsons as, as being pretty, as you say, trailblazing yeah. um, in the first place. And it really, I'd be interested to know um, what the American Indian, British Indian, or just uh, Indian communities would propose for his character. Would they rather Apu is not in the program at all? The thing is, would they rather? Uh, you know, that's that's the, the discussion, isn't it? Exactly. What, what yeah. do they want from I, it? I get <clears throat> that it's 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 very sad that, that that people have been generally affected by this in real life. Mm-hmm. That's that's obviously no good. Um, but as you were saying, I think a couple of episodes ago, you can't get rid of offence. Like, if you say, I'm offended, you can't say, oh, well, I won't do that anymore then. You yeah, know, precisely. Offense, that's offense that's a really dangerous and position comedy to be in. relies on offence in mm-hmm. many cases. Yeah. You know, stereotypes uh, make us laugh because we see the truth in them. Um, of course, they are stereotypes, so they're not always going to be true. They're not going to be true for everyone. But there is a kernel of truth to stereotypes, which is why they work. Yeah. Um, and it's why they make us laugh. And I'm sure there are many, um, you know, our, our nation, not us, but our nation colonised India. I'm mm. sure there are many, many Indian jokes about British people. Yeah, of course. But you, and you, I'm sure you, they're you, quite funny. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, sure they I was, are. I'm sure I was listening to Adam Buxton's podcast uh, when he was uh, interviewing Ramesh Ranganathan, yeah. who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's Sri Lankan, um, or of Sri Lankan descent anyway. And he And they were sort of saying... Yeah, yeah, yes, quite serious. Yeah, it's a problem, but actually, Apu's really, really bloody funny. Yeah, you know, I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And and Ramesh just laughed. He was just like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a good point. Like he is funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, if we don't have offence, we don't have comedy. Imagine a world where everyone took everything so and what about, bloody seriously? Yeah, it what about Manuel? Joyless, one of the greatest comedy shows of. British television, oh, yeah, exactly. Everyone slags him off. What a joyless world it would be <laughs> if you can't look at yourself and and laugh. Yeah, agreed. yeah, yeah. You raise a good point. What do they want to do? Do they want Apu's character to change? Do they want him to leave the show? Do they want just a different actor to come? Which is a bloody weird thing to do for a twenty, almost twenty year old yeah. show to just suddenly change an mm-hmm. actor. Um, I think the way they tackle it is they. What I would do, I would leave Apu's character as is. Uh, but introduce more racial representation from India and have them represent different facets of that society and more positive ones to yeah. keep up with the times because yeah, the show's got to keep up with the times thing. to stay relevant. Yeah, if you're going to keep doing it as it uh, as The Simpsons is, then yeah, introduce new characters or, or de- development, uh, development. Yeah, because um, something like Master of None, sorry to cut you off, something like Master of None, I don't know if you've seen it, that's yeah. a good example. Master because, of None is a great example of that. Because you've got yeah. Aziz Ansari, who's like the classic good guy, good-natured guy, you know, everyone loves him, mm-hmm. but you've got his dad, and his, his dad is actually played by his dad, and he's like, he is kind of a bit more like the kind of racial in, uh, Indian stereotype, isn't he? He's a bit like all over the place, doesn't know what he's doing, um, he's got a friend who's a doctor, he doesn't know how to work an iPad, you know, so they kind of represent the two different generations. And I think that, yeah, that's... When The Simpsons came out, it was, you know, the, the second generation were really young, mm. you know. it were, Most Americans' viewpoint of Indian people at that time would have been that they were coming over to work in the shops, drive cabs, um, become doctors. Yeah. You know, we, we've sort of touched on this already. Um, Harry Kandabalu's parents did come over as, as medical. Medical people, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> There is, as you said, there's a kernel of truth in it. 
Uh, and I think you've just got to step back and laugh with it a little bit. And it's, I, I appreciate it. it's easy for us to say as two yeah. middle-class white people. Yeah, I mean, of course, we, we have it easy. Oh, so yeah, it's easy to laugh 100%. when you're in a position of privilege and, and power and what have mm-hmm. you. But yeah, as you say, what a joyless world it would be if you couldn't laugh at yourself. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's the, the main thing is they need to, well, they don't need to, but it'd be interesting to hear what... Um, Indian communities or, or other communities who, who feel they're negatively portrayed, not just by the Simpsons, but other programs right. would, would have the writers do. What would they like to see more of? Yeah. And would it be funny? I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Would it be come funny? Up it's, with, a, it's a it's comedy. Come some new stuff. Simpsons is, is gone. Like what they need to do, what Matt Groening needs to do, as we were saying, is just change because it's not good at the moment. So it needs to do something. But what we could do is come up with brand new programs. Uh, yeah. Which like Master of None, you know, which sort Master of perfectly of kind of takes the takes the 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 portrayal on another generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Scott, this has been quite a definitive episode. We've sorted out safe standing and we've figured out what needs to be done with Apu. I'm yep. feeling like we're on a roll. Okay. I don't think we I think we could cut it here and we'll be like just seal this seal this off as just a sorted we sorted that out episode. Yeah. Putting the world to rights. Yeah. But actually, I really want to talk about Terrace House. A Happy, Terrace House? Not the not, terrace not house? one in particular. Well, actually, yes, one in particular, but not an actual house. Actually, yeah, I'm getting confused. It's a TV show about a house. Okay. So yes, it's about a particular house, but yes, it's about a TV show. All right, I know nothing about this. So when you say it's about a house, is it about the building? Is it about the people who live in it? What's the, what's the, it's about the people. Is it? it is a Japanese show, which has apparently been running for quite a few years now. Uh, Netflix has acquired the rights to not the first season, but I think the second season, and they've also commissioned extra seasons. Um, so there are, I think, three seasons of Terrace House now on Netflix. Okay. It is a reality TV show. Oh, yeah. My friend uh, texted me about it some time ago. He said, you should watch Terrace House. I was like, okay, what's it about? So it's Japanese reality TV. I was like, mm. half of that appeals, the Japanese bit, because I'm quite the Japanophile. Um, <laughs> the other half really doesn't. So I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And he's like, just give it a go. Trust me. Oh boy, I'm glad I gave it a go. I am hooked, Scott. I'm absolutely hooked. I'm about 28 episodes in to what I think is a 36 episode season. Um... Half an hour long episodes. This is reality TV as it was meant to be. Right? <laughs> this is this is like not the perversion of reality TV that Big Brother and yeah. Celebrity Get Me Out of Here bollocks stuff has has become. Okay. Now, those things are jokes. Um, you know, you know me. I'm not such a big TV watcher, mm-hmm. um, but I like to put on a program while I'm eating my dinner. Yeah, Terrace House has changed that. I actually want to watch it in the evening after I've eaten my dinner. What, what, okay, what is it? <laughs> it's a it's six people, six real people who have just signed up to be on this show, uh, and the lucky winners get put in this house, which is just a modern building in Tokyo. Okay, um, is it terraced? I, I assume so. You don't actually really see it. Well, you do see the outside. Yeah, it is terraced. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's I mean, the, show, the show's title doesn't, doesn't lie. Terrace House. The show's title doesn't lie. Semi-detached. Yeah. It's in Tokyo, it's of course. Everything's good. attached to everything in Tokyo. There's no room. <laughs> Do they have many 1930s semis in Tokyo? <laughs> I've never been. Um, uh, six six people, three go- always three women and three men. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit like sort of so typical. The, the same that. people in every one. Well, stick with me. Uh, the show starts and there are these six people. So they, they all move into the house and they were like, oh, wow, get to know each other and stuff. Um, and then suddenly the action cuts away from the house and it cuts to this sort of living room, sort of studio environment. And there are five or six people sitting there. And it's become apparent that they're watching what we've just watched. And they go, oh, man, that was pretty weird, wasn't it, when he said that? And like, oh, what do you think about this guy? And they're just talking about it as if we're... You know, they're, they're the proxy for us. They're the proxy for the viewers. It right. turns out these people are the commentators who are the sort of link between the viewer and the people on the show. Okay. Um, they appear in sort of three different segments through each episode. So it's divided into like three acts. And it just follows the people as they get to know each other. They just have normal conversations. They sort of most, it seems to be like very much a matchmaking kind of situation because most of them are unattached. So they, you know, they're romantically interested Yeah, and it follows the trials and tribulations of, of um, fledgling or failing romances. And then it cuts back to the comment. You've got a really big frown on your face. <laughs> I know you said you like this, but it, it's not, it's not doing anything. It's been for described me. as slow. <laughs> uninteresting i think one famous comments had it as sort of laughably boring or laughably dull (laughs) or something um i disagree completely it is very slow but actually i like slow films and slow tv and stuff yeah i I do i don't need fast-paced action i just japan is you know famous for being quite a sort of polite culture with a lot of sort of um uh courtesy and and things like that Mm -hmm. um so you know, when they're all getting to know each other, it is all very just sort of a lots of bowing and sort of a, how do you do and like, yeah. You know, so what do you do? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? It's all very formal. Uh-huh. Um, and those boundaries sort of stay to an extent because that is obviously Japanese society. But obviously they're just people. They're just young 20-something people too. Mm-hmm. So they can be rude to each other. They they get into arguments. And it's just so compelling because it is is just reality TV. It doesn't put the sh- the show doesn't put them into contrived competitive situations. Okay. They don't go to a diary room to bitch about someone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so it's just true it's reality. It's just true, and in fact, it goes to the to the level where they will watch Terrace House in the house. They'll watch episodes of themselves. Okay. They'll go into the living room and just sort of sit around and watch it. So it's so, reality TV for purists. Yeah, it's totally pure <laughs> reality TV, and it just really works because. You know, the problem with Big Brother and all that kind of rubbish is that it's just it's just horrible attention seeking people who you don't want who I would never interact with in real life. Yeah, I think it certainly became that. This is just you know, what do we do as people? We go out to the pub, we chat with our mates, you know, we hang out, we talk, we just like talking, we just like interacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just that. And and the great thing about it is that you can be on your own watching it like I am, and then it cuts to the commentators mm-hmm. who are really funny. Like they're kind of Apparently there are personalities in Japan, like there's a singer and yeah. there's a model and there's a couple of comedians and stuff like that. And they just are funny. Like they just make me laugh every episode because of the sort of the, the the ludicrous things they say and the way they interpret things and the way they analyze things. Yeah. So it feels like you're watching it with people, um, you know, so I may be like a sad loser watching it on my own, although actually Lucy really enjoys it as well. So we occasionally watch it together, but you've got your buddies watching it with you as well. So it just sort of works on that, those two levels. <laughs> And um, 
that there'll be scenes where like there's a guy and a girl sitting in the living room and they're just you, they like each other but you want them to do something but the guy just he just won't act and you're just like mate what are you doing just do something make your move just do it and you just get so invested in these people who are just like like us you know just 20 somethings just working hard and it cuts the kind of you know their work life and they 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 socialize with other friends and stuff and most importantly they can leave whenever they want so if they've had enough they just leave and then they just get replaced so you get a kind of rotating cast. Okay. So that by episode twenty six or something, it's a completely different cast to the to who it was at the start. It does sound strangely compelling. Yeah, you've still got a frown, but it's not quite your 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 brow isn't quite as furrowed as it was five minutes ago. <laughs> well, I'd say I'm going to watch it, but that'll be a lie. I don't want to get involved with it. This could be your thing. I'm happy for it to be my thing. It's really <laughs> compelling. And the other thing about it is that this is a very simple thing to say, but it's subtitled. Obviously, they're all speaking in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to really pay attention to it. You know, this is the great thing about subtitles. You can't just be flicking through your phone yeah, or something. I will agree with that, in yeah. Background. You've got to watch it, otherwise you won't know what's going on. No, I do agree with that. Um, and by virtue of having to pay attention to it in that way, you obviously, you, you'll be staring at the screen and then even if maybe nothing's happened, like there'll be a few moments of silence where characters are just sort of looking at each other or looking away or and you just really catch the nuances of their facial expressions and stuff and you you really get to kind of understand them very deeply because you're really paying attention to it so in a kind of in a sort of tv viewing situation where we have so much good tv and yet we don't seem to actually necessarily maybe appreciate it like we used to because we've got so many distractions and multi-screening and all that stuff actually this really makes you pay attention yeah i know one person in particular who tends to just sit and look at her phone while i'm watching tv yeah would that be someone you live with yeah yep (laughs) my uh ex-girlfriend my wife (laughs) very good Uh, that was a good good twist then Shall we uh, see what they've been chatting at on Twitter this week? Yes, let's. Tweet. Tweet. Tweet of the week. Actually, you know what? We're not going to do that. Should we not not bother? Tweet of the week's cancelled. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. I'm done with it. Too much hard work, isn't it? It's really quite hard to find a good tweet. (laughs) Which is embarrassing if you think about it, given... I don't know how many things you follow. I follow maybe 50, 60 accounts. Yeah. Should be something good. Everyone's got an opinion. And they're all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Much like us. You should listen to this show for an opinion-neutral environment. <laughs> Generally, we'll get to the end of the episode having agreed on something but achieved nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, Tweet of the Week's cancelled. And we'll try and come up with a replacement regular slot of something. Yeah. We don't quite know what that is yet. If you have any ideas... Please let us know. Let us know on Instagram or um, via a, a whiteboard or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, or Twitter. <laughs> or Maybe email. you could become tweet of the week. <laughs> <laughs> email um, cfax. Cfax page three hundred two. That was a football, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you can get us by semaphore. Semaphore. Wow. Fax um, machine. Fax machine. We love a fax. Yeah. Um, we should. We should do this. That was Astrola Snowdonia. Any references to strolling or Snowdonia are purely symbolic. Astrola Snowdonia's host would like to apologise for having referred to Theresa May calling a snap during election April 2016. It was, of course, in April 2017. So much for being a professional editor, Chris. <laughs> to call out other erroneous assertions in our error-strewn discourse, contact snowdoniapod at gmail.com or at snowdonia underscore pod on Twitter or Instagram. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>
for our hard of hearing listeners. Oh shit, no, I lost it straight away. Any infer? Oh shit. Right. It's a hard way to say, isn't it? Inference. 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 <laughs> for the hard of hearing, we now offer a strolling snow down here in. Oh shit. <laughs> any inference of. Oh shit, any, any. You've got, you got to speed it up as well. For the hard of hearing, we now offer a stroller so down here in mail order format. In oh shit, nearly there, nearly there, nearly there. For the hard of hearing, we now offer snow. Oh, shit. 